So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space. Uh, my name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining me and again on this Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, which is um, a pro- at the time that West Limit 102 broadcast our program here from our Come and See studio here in Ada uh, on West Limit 102 Radio. Uh, delight for me to welcome again and to the programme my good f- colleagues somewhere out there in Skyplant, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. How are you? Good morning, John. How are we keeping? We're good. Thanks a lot, Shane. And joining me this morning, first time, first time of many, I hope, um, a new person to the programme. Delighted to welcome Anne, Father Pat Seaver. Good morning to Father Pat. How are you? And good morning to you and to your listeners. Thank you very much indeed, Father Pat. Father Pat's going to stay with us in, in, in part two and also for the Gospel for, to, for this morning. And also going to introduce us to a book that he's written there recently. But in the meantime, most importantly for us is to welcome those people who are housebound, lonely, maybe struggling with some health problems this morning, maybe can't get out of bed this morning. We pray that the Holy Spirit will, in fact, give yourself some hope and also help us to introduce you to some good news that, of course, is here available on West Limit 102 local radio every Sunday morning in sacred space. Of course, there's a repeat of this programme. goes out again at 11pm this evening. And at this stage, people would be aware that a podcast of this programme and any other programme is available on our blog, which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com and also available on iTunes by searching Common See. So again, if you want to contact us at all, you can contact us by email, and that's on sacredspace102 at gmail.com, or you can text us, and that's on 87 That's 87 So with this part of the program, Shane usually introduces us to saints that we're going to meet this week. What have you got for us this week, Shane? Well, John, of course, this week is the first week of June. So as we normally do at the start of each month, uh, we have the Pope's intentions. So the Pope's intentions for the month of June is that social networks may work towards that inclusiveness which respects others for their differences, which is an interesting one to have, given the current debates that are around Facebook uh, that are uh, in the world at the moment. So, moving on then to the liturgical odds and ends. Of course, today is the 3rd of June, and of course, today is the Feast of the Body and Blood of Christ, otherwise known as its more traditional name of Corpus Christi. At least, anyway, it is here in Ireland. So, for those praying the Psalter, we're on week one. And then, moving through the calendar, because uh, Corpus Christi falls today on the 3rd of June, we don't celebrate the Feast of St. Kevin of Glendalough this year on the Irish liturgical calendar. So, Monday is the Feast uh, Monday is the 4th of June, and on the Irish liturgical calendar, it is the feast day of St. Charles Luanga and Companions. Now, I have a particular uh, um, affection for Charles Luanga and his companions because they, of course, are the Ugandan martyrs that were killed and martyred in 1886. Uh, normally, their feast day is on the 3rd of June, but on the Irish calendar, it's the 4th of June. And uh, the reason I have a particular affection for them, of course, is the fact I lived and worked for two and a half years in Uganda and particularly at the site of the martyrdom of one of them, uh, St. Noah and St. Matthias Malumba. So they, are said they were, they, they were uh, young pages at the court of the, of the king of the time, and uh, they didn't give up their Christianity upon his demand. 
and he had them taken and executed by being burnt alive. The interesting thing about the Ugandan martyrs is they are actually ecumenical martyrs because they also they were Catholics and Anglicans uh, that were killed in 1886. Then on the 5th of June, we have the feast day of St. Boniface. Boniface is associated with, as kind of the apostle of Germany. He was actually born in Devonshire, educated in monast- monastery schools in England, and he went as a missionary to Germany where he founded monasteries and, and he died around 754. Now, the interesting thing about Boniface is, legend has it, he's a gentleman who we can thank for the Christmas tree. Because um, the, at the time, pagan devotion was to honour the oak, and Boniface didn't want, didn't want to have anything to do with that, so he chopped down the big oak tree that people were worshipping. And as it fell down, coming up from its roots was supposed to have been a young fir tree, and he took it as pointing people to heaven um, uh, and kind of as a symbol of pointing them to the true God. So it's just an interesting one. Boniface feast stays on the 5th. That's on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, now the Irish calendar is busy calendar this week. So on Tuesday, we have, or sorry, Wednesday the 6th, we have the feast day of St. Jarlet. Jarlet is associated with the Diocese of Tume. And of course, there is a school uh, dedicated to him in, in the diocese as well. He was a disciple of St. Enda, and he became abbot bishop of the monastery founded in Tume in the 6th century. So that's on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, staying on the Irish calendar, we have the feast day of St. Coleman. Coleman is associated with Dromore in County Down, and he spent most of his life in that area. Possibly he studied, uh, uh, was persuaded rather, by St. Macnissy to settle Dromore in 514. We don't know a whole lot more about him, except that he's associated very much with the ice up in that neck of the woods. Then on Friday, of course, Friday being the Friday after the Feast of Corpus Christi, uh, is of course the feast of the or the solemnity of the most sacred heart of Jesus, and that's celebrated on the eighth of uh, the eighth of June. Um, so that's that's next Friday. For the Saturday, of course, after the feast of the Sacred Heart, is of course dedicated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. It also happens to be on the Irish calendar. It's the feast day of Saint Columba or Saint Columkill one of the co-patrons of Ireland, secondary patron saints of Ireland with St. Bridges and St. Patrick. Columba, or Colum Kill, very much, of course, associated with County Donegal, born in 521, was of royal lineage, and studied under St. Saint, under Saint Finian of Clannard. He founded monasteries around in all sorts of locations, uh, Duro, Derry, Iona, and possibly Kells. But, of course, his most famous foundation, of course, is at the island of Iona off the coast of Scotland. He left Ireland, we're not sure, was it for penance or to become a pilgrim for Christ? Um, and he, Iona became his principal foundation from which missionaries went to convert Northumbria and he's noted for his great love of people and for all living creatures and he died on the 9th of June in 597 so that's what we have John on the liturgical calendar this week yeah, thanks a lot for that just to let people know um, what's coming up the middle of June the Limerick Novena that's the Novena for Our Lady of Perpetual Help that starts again on the 15th of June and continues on to the 23rd of June. So that's in a few weeks' time, just flagging it to people. Uh, Novena times, the Masses actually start at 7am in the morning and continue on. The last Mass uh, starts at 10.30 at night. Something for everybody this year's Novena team. Um, we'll speak about celebrating family. So at this part of the programme, we will pray... A spiritual communion prayer and this is for those people who cannot receive Jesus at Mass this morning because they can't get they just can't get to Mass and Father Pat is going to pray that for us thanks Father Pat my Jesus 
I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Father Pat. So now we'll go for our first bit of music, and this being uh, the Feast of Corpus Christi, the most holy body and blood of Christ, we'll play uh, this piece of music that, of course, is a favourite and something that maybe will help people, especially those people at home, just to pray through this priest, uh, through this piece of music this morning, O Sacrament Most Holy. So let's hear this. So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley, still joined the studio here by Father Pat Siva, and Shane is still with us, joining us here somewhere out there on Skypland. So Pat, Father Pat, thanks again for joining us, and you're very welcome to the, to the programme. Um, Father Pat, you just brought out a book, a comic book of all things. It's the title, Why We Go to Mass. Yes. Tell us about that. Well, the comic book came about because I had previously written a thesis on Eucharist as Covenant, which nobody read. And so I said, well, the only way to get people to read it is by uh, publishing a comic. 
And I was lucky insofar as I met uh, a very good artist called Hugh McMahon and a very good publisher called Paul Flynn. And so we have this story of this little child with her grandfather and uh, she asks some really tough questions of the grandfather why do I have to go to mass? That's the basic mm-hmm. theme of the whole the whole comic. And he explains it as best he can. So it's really, I suppose, hoping that the small children, maybe First Communion children, mm. would take it in their hands. But I'm actually uh, hoping that eventually it'll be teachers and the parents and the grandparents and whoever else will actually get their hands on it. And then when they come to the hard bit at the end, where it explains the uh, the covenant that was cut between the uh, Egyptians and uh, the Hittites, and that they will see the connection between Moses then, who was reared as a, an Egyptian, the Mosaic covenant, and then the new covenant where Jesus came along. And then we have the Eucharist, the the covenant of the mass and I've tried to show that it has the same structure so it can be traced back to the covenant of Kadesh but what it's really about is that relationship between God and us and he lavishes his love on us and Jesus is the priest but he's also the lamb and when we receive Holy Communion it's like what they did back in the time of Kadesh, they sacrificed the little lamb, cut it in two, took out the blood, and they threw the blood at the Egyptians and the Hittites. Mm-hmm. So they now they shared the same blood. Mm-hmm. And Jesus then, you, he's the lamb, and the soldier then pierced his heart with the lance, and out came the blood and water. And that's why I think it's important when we see the priest at Mass pouring in the drop of water mm-hmm. into the wine and the chalice. It, it's the same the same story, the same picture, the same emblem, the same sign as we had. But the big thing is to be able to stand up and say, Our Father, because that's what it's really about. And the little lamb is sacrificed for us for the food it's not as kind of God needs expiation. He needs uh, like his cross with us. That's, that's not what it's all about. And that's my big mission, to show people that God loves us like a grandfather loves the, the grandchildren. You know, I, I, just as you're saying that, I was just looking at one, one page of the book where the grandfather says to the young girl, well, Mass is like a celebration. And she says, well... Well, it's a very quiet for a celebration. Can <laughs> talk a little bit more about that? Well, when I come back from Africa, I must say, and I hear the, the, the young people saying, oh, Mass is boring. I say, I'm with you. I mean, when you're in, in, in Ghana, and I, in fact, uh, I, I, I've been to Uganda as well, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of the African countries, and Mass there is a celebration. There's drumming, there's dancing, there's singing. And people, what I notice, uh, people use their bodies physically to express their joy and the emotion that they have. Whereas in Ireland, we just 
sit there on the benches, we kneel, the odd time we stand, but we don't actually use our hands or, you know, it's, 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 it's really, I think, uh, sad. And, and you watch the faces when people are, are leaving the church. Mm. They're probably looking at their watch. Yeah. And, and the sooner they can get out, the better. And their faces don't express any kind of joy or excitement. And that tells a lot, I think. And so, therefore, so it's supposed to be a celebration. I mean, that's what we're calling the celebration of the Mass. Somehow those people out there in Africa seem to, what, do they believe more than we do? Or, or, or is it just part of their heritage? Or, or, or why are they so happy and we... Well, one thing, the sun shines. <laughs> and I think that has made a big difference. But that would be their culture. They express themselves um, in, 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 a, in a very strong, positive way. Like, quite often we're trying to read uh, body language and it can, can be subtle. Sometimes it's, it's almost impossible to know, like, is somebody happy with us or not? Whereas <clears throat> with the African people, and I think there's a common culture there, east, west, or whatever, mm-hmm. um, they they certainly express themselves, uh, you know, very emotionally, very strongly. Like you have no doubt about it. Uh, now they can be subtle, all right. Uh, if they want to say no, they'll never say no to you. So they they will say tomorrow, <laughs> and when they say tomorrow, we, we you know that that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> but they never say no. But there's great joy in their lives and. Um, a great sense of community okay. where, where we often don't have that. Uh, like we go into the church and it's silence. You could be sitting beside somebody uh, who has, you know, perhaps just celebrated a birthday or lost a parent. Uh, there's a bereavement in the family, but we're sitting beside them and we don't know. We haven't made any contact. Mm-hmm. That would never happen in Africa. And... Um, it's, it's a gathering of the community, of the people of God, to praise God, but also for that get-together and uh, the relationship yeah. that's there. It's, um, and, and, of course, that's really at the basis of the whole covenant, that it's about the love that God has for us. He has adopted us as his children, but the love that we, too, must share with the other members. And, and of course, the covenant is made with everybody, it's not just the good Catholics. Yes. It's the whole human race. God has, has, has embraced us in that covenant. And that's important to remember as well, I think. So would you say that, uh, that, that the people in Ghana um, today celebrating this feast of Corpus Christi, the body and blood of Christ, uh, they would have, um, that this would have an extra meaning for them, do you, do you think, today? Oh, I'd say yes, it will. Um, it, all the feasts, all the major feasts are celebrated with, with, with great, um, what would you say, energy and joy. And, and they put a lot of work into it. The preparation will be, will be done. And, um, and that will be done by the local community. Um, the, the priest might have to do, oh, there can be 23 villages in the parish. So when he comes along, uh, he, he is met by the church leader 
and the church leader tells the priest what's going to happen. So it's their church. And I think that's beautiful as well. I'd love to see that here in Ireland. Coming back to Ireland and coming back to Corpus Christi, and this being the Feast of Corpus Christi, the body and blood of Jesus, what do you think um, people in Ireland, or we as Catholics, should be taking from this feast today? Uh, How should we be preparing for it? Well, I think... If we, if we get our heads around this idea like that Jesus is giving us his flesh to eat, but he is also giving us his blood to drink as a way of sealing the covenant. Now, in the old covenants, the blood was splashed at both parties. And to just say, as it says in the... Um, Uh, I saw you there with the liturgical calendar. There's actually a paragraph there which tells us that when we receive the body of Christ, we also receive the blood. Or if we drink the blood, we also receive the blood. But the symbolism is missing if we don't have the two signs. So in other words, uh, at any covenant celebration during the meal, a little piece of the sacrificial lamb is prepared, cooked and brought around and everybody is given a piece. But then you also then drink from the chalice and until we get that again, uh, that symbol, and as Jesus told us, this is the blood of, and it's in, in, in the, the gospel for today, he, told, he tells us that um, you are to drink this blood, this is the blood of the covenant, which is to be poured out for many. And when we when we fail to use all the symbols that Jesus told us, we I think we miss out. Shane, would you like to offer a few thoughts there yourself? Um I suppose yeah, as you said, John, today is 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 the feast of Corpus Christi. And I suppose for for many people, particularly of an older generation, I suppose it it's um it is a feast day, I suppose, which we used to celebrate. We used to celebrate a bit more. Um, there was a bit more effort uh, put into it in many parishes around around the, around the country. Um, I suppose, I suppose, I suppose, at this stage, we have to admire uh, the city of Cork because Cork has maintained uh, its citywide Corpus Christi procession, uh, which Bishop John Buckley will lead this year again. And um, you know, and it, it as, as 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 Father Pat was saying, it's it's. It was seen as an opportunity, I suppose, as a, a way of celebration. And it's, it's that kind of celebration and encounter uh, with the Blessed Sacrament, I suppose, that we, we, we really need to rediscover um, in some respects. Because the idea behind Corpus Christi, I suppose, is the fact that during Easter and during the, during the Holy Week, during the, the, the seriousness of Holy Week, uh, Holy Thursday is kind of, you know, it's, it's the celebration of the Eucharist, it's the institution of the Mass, but it's also part of the flow of the passion, and it's kind of the somber, the somber, um, the somber celebration of the Blessed Sacrament. Whereas the idea of this particular feast, which was um, instituted to the to the Universal Church around 1241, is that it's to be the joyful celebration of the fact that you know it's 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 um, opening up for us the wonder of what's present. And it's something which is which is very important, and I suppose it's something which we need to remind ourselves with um, a small bit, because you know there's there's a degree of I suppose well sure it doesn't really make any difference anymore, and I suppose it's one of the things we have to pay attention to that 
our belief in the Blessed Sacrament is one of the things that sets us apart in terms of Christianity, because there are differences in how it's understood. And unfortunately, that sometimes um, those differences can cause great aggravation and great hurt, as we've seen at the moment with the German discussion about allowing um, members of different churches to partake of the Eucharist, and, and the response from the Catholic Church is, well, no, actually, you can't, because it's a symbolism and it's a sign of our unity as a faith community. And if you don't believe what we, what we believe, then it doesn't really make sense that you would participate. Um, but in terms, aside, taking, standing back from that whole discussion, and as Father Pat said, it's just a reminder to us of the great sign of love, because that is what the Eucharist is. It's the great symbol. It's the summit of, it's the summit of our faith, how it's described. Source and summit of our faith. And I suppose that's one of the things we need we need to remember. And it's and, and it also, you know, we are people who are in communion and in community, and that's that that's something that we kind of really need to to, to rediscover at the moment. You know, we you know, we're in, we have challenging times at the moment. I don't think anyone's going to dispute that. Last weekend, if nothing else, would demonstrate that. And you know, there's going to be a change, I suppose, in how we view ourselves in the wider society. Where we're, you know, in some respects, you could say last weekend was the, the the final nail in the coffin of cultural Catholicism in Ireland. So, if people want to be Catholic now, they actually have to make that decision. And part of that, of course, and part of that belief system is the wonderful gift that is the Blessed Sacrament, and that's what we celebrate today, because it's that presence, it's that continuing promise that's made to us as community, that Christ is still with us. And it's that what we need to rediscover, that joy. You know, sometimes we can get caught up with it, sometimes we can get a little messed up with it. But it's that it's the same thing, I suppose, you know, of, as Father Pat said, of trying to rediscover the joy of what it is that we have. That unity that we have, that great gift that we have, that great love that we have, because it's the great symbol of love. It is the, you know, it is the unity between us and God and between us and our neighbour and that's what we have to re-explore and rediscover and find out and unlock again for ourselves. You know, it's a case sometimes you go into a church, but the sacrament is locked away in the tabernacle. You know, you know, you, you know I have a young nephew, and you, you try to say to me, well, well, let's go to God's house and say a prayer to God. And he'd say, well, where is God? He'd say, well, he's in the box. And, you know, you, you know, when you say it like that to a child, you realize in some ways just maybe just a small bit how ridiculous it sounds. Because it's not. You know, God is with us all the time. He's not just in the box. And that, I think, is what we need to discover. You know, one of the things that struck me the other day when I was just thinking about something else is, if you're at Mass and um, we have incense, there's four, there's four times that incense is used. It's used to incense the Word. It's used to incense the Book of the Gospel. Christ proclaimed. It's used to incense the gifts at the altar, the bread and wine that will be transformed to become the body and blood of Christ. It's used to incense the priest because he stands in persona Christi. He stands as the presider leading the Eucharist. But the fourth one is it is used to incense the people of God because Christ is present in four ways amongst us all. By the word proclaimed, by the blessed sacrament, by the priest leading the Eucharist, but, most, but also just as importantly in the community gathered together in prayer and in unity and in fellowship. And that's what we need to rediscover, I think, coming out of this great feast day of Corpus Christi. That symbolism of unity and calling together of people, because that's what it is about. You know, and as Father Pat said in, 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 his, in, his, in his comic book and, and the reflection is, we have to rediscover that joy. And that's something I think that the African churches in particular can teach us, 
is rediscovering what that joy it is, or that that joy of communion and unity and coming together to celebrate liturgy and rediscovering what it's about because until we do that then you know it's not going to until we until we can honestly say that we are joyful people together then it's very going to be very difficult to share that joy with a culture and a community a wider community that isn't open to listening to the message that you have to share until we actually realize that for ourselves and rediscover that personal relationship with Christ then we're kind of almost, you know, we're not going to be able to convince anyone. And I think that for us on Corpus Christi, at this particular moment in time, for me, that was one of the things I was reflecting on during the week. Shane, thanks for that. Um, There's a little reflection that I picked up myself there during the week, uh, and I'm sure quite a few people would um, align themselves with this. And this one is entitled, Jesus, the Bread of Life. And it's Brendan Manning, an American Franciscan priest, tells this story about his mother a lady in her mid-seventies in Brooklyn. Mrs. Manning's daily day centred on her daily Eucharist. Because she, she began a voluntary stint at a drug detoxification centre each morning at 7.30, the only mass she could get each day was at 5.30am. Across the road from her lived a, a, a very successful lawyer, mid-thirties, married with two children. The man had no obligation and no religion and was particularly critical of daily church goes. Driving home from a late party at 5am one January morning, the roads glassy with ice, he said to his wife, I bet that old bag won't be out this morning, referring to Mrs Manning. But to his shock, there she was on her hands and knees, negotiating the hill up to the church. He went home, tried to sleep, but could not. Around 9am he rose, went to the local presbytery and asked to see the priest. Paddy, he said, I'm not one of yours. I have no religion. But could you tell me why? Tell me, what do you have in there that can make that old woman crawl on her hands and knees on an icy morning? This began his conversation along, thus began his conversation along with his wife and family. Mrs. Manning was one of those people who never studied deep religious books, never knew the big theological words, but she knew what it was to meet Jesus in Holy Communion. We have everything we need in Holy Communion. Jesus is our bread of life. What more could we want? I'd say you'd agree with our sentiments there, Father Pat, would you? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. The bread of life, it's the... The, 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 the food that gives us the energy, Jesus himself comes into our lives and inspires us and is with us. And, and I think it's lovely to think of Jesus as somebody who's gone through it all before us, a man like us in all things but sin. And that's so important because we very often think of him walking on the water or gleaming in, 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 in on top of Mount Thabor. But like he was also the person then who walked the dusty roads yeah. and who hadn't a place to put his head mm. and was so hungry one Saturday morning that himself and the apostles took the corns of wheat and right. rubbed them and ate them. That's right. That's right. I think it's important. I the, the reason why that meant so much to me this week was because quite a few people after, after last week's um, referendum 
the people I spoke to anyway feel very much down and so on and so forth. But I thought that lady had something to teach us all today. The man is the man, he thought he knew it all, he had all the answers and he didn't need Jesus and he didn't need the Eucharist and so on and so forth. And there was this little old lady who had everything. She knew Jesus, she knew where he was, and that was the one thing that kept her going. And I think that's something for us all to remember on this Corpus Christi morning, when we, just to focus on Jesus in the Eucharist, as Father Pat said, the man who's given everything for us, um, and not allow the world to take over and to dismay us and have us lose hope. There's so many people out there who don't know Jesus, who don't know um, that what, what a wonderful gift it is to be able to receive Jesus at Mass and be, even to be able to go to Mass. Maybe today, maybe we could pass that little message on to the people who we know. Listen, there's good news out there. This Jesus guy, he's all right. He loves us. Wherever we are, whatever we've done, give him a chance. So at that particular stage, we might go for our second bit of music. Um, and this one is by uh, John Michael Talbot, and this one is entitled Come, Let's Worship the Lord. So let's hear this. Come, worship the Lord For we are His people The flock that He shepherds Come. 
So, welcome back again to the third part of the program. My name is John Keeley, still joined in studio here by Father Pat Siva, and of course Shane is still with us on the other end of the Skyline. One of the things there, Father Pat, I forgot to ask you there, if people wanted to get a copy of this comic book, um, I think it's by somebody called Paul Flynn. He, he, he was the... Publisher. He was the publisher. And Paul can be contacted on 061 313377. That's 061-313377. And or you can write to Paul Flynn, copy that. Gail is it Gail Gail House or Gail? G C A Y L E. Gail House Henry Street Limerick. 061-313377. Paul Flynn. And uh, I think there's a, there's a very small charge of two euros, I think, for it. Yeah. Yeah, any problems at all, contact us at all here uh, on Sacred Space, and um, we'll be able to get more information for you. But in the meantime, this is the most important part of this and any other program, is where we read and reflect on the Word of God. And before that, Shane is going to pray this prayer before we read and reflect on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, <coughs> attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resisted. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. Our hearts let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So the Gospel for today, Corpus, uh, the Peace of the Body and Blood of Jesus, is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, verse 12 to 16, and 22 to 26. And Father Pat is going to say that. Pray for that. Thank you, Father. On the first day of unleavened bread... When the Passover lamb was sacrificed, his disciples said to Jesus, Where do you want us to go and make the preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go into the city, and you will meet a man carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him, and say to the owner of the house which he enters, The master says, Where is my dining room in which I can eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room furnished with couches, all prepared. Make the preparations for us there. The disciples set out and went into the city and found everything as he had told them and prepared the Passover. As they were eating, he took some bread and when he had said the blessing, He broke it and gave it to them. Take it, he said, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had returned thanks, he gave it to them, and all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood, the blood of the covenant, which is to be poured out for many. I tell you solemnly, I shall not drink any more wine until the day I drink the new wine in the kingdom of God. After psalms had been sung, they left for the Mount of Olives. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for that, Father Pat. 
Um, so that's the gospel for today, uh, Corpus Christi, the feast of the body and blood of Jesus. Have you got any few little thoughts you'd like to share with us there, Father Fat, please? Well, one of the things that comes across strongly to me is the way that the new covenant is sealed in the blood of Christ. And this was a tradition, of course, that goes back a long time. There was always a sealing of an agreement, especially if it were an international agreement or an agreement between uh, married couples. Blood was always involved in it. And in general, in the old uh, tradition, the blood was splashed on the two parties. So there was always a necessity for some animal. And the animal wasn't sacrificed in the way of expiation. And unfortunately, the early Christian church had that idea, I suppose, of Christ, uh, if you like, being the one who made the expiation for the the sins. And so, in in other words, the, the, the work of Christ was seen as sacrificial, whereas in a covenantal uh, aspect, the the lamb would be a willing lamb, a willing sacrifice. They gave themselves up to be to supply the blood and to be the food that was part of the celebration, the meal. There was always a covenant supper, and so you have that here during the 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 the, the meal, the Passover meal. Um, Jesus broke the bread and said, this is my body. So in other words, you had the the flesh of the lamb was eaten by everybody. And then instead of throwing the blood, he has his chalice, he has his cup, and he has the, 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 uh, the wine in the cup. And he said, this is my blood. Now seal the covenant, drink the blood. And so instead of throwing the blood on them, they drank it. And so, and everybody has the same blood in them, the blood of Christ. And it, it's something that we should look at very carefully once more. The whole idea of, in other words, receiving from the chalice, receiving under both species. And um, until we get that right, we won't understand the, the Mass as a covenant celebration. And that's why I think Corpus Christi uh, is always a time when I know in our parish at all the Masses, we have Holy Communion under both species. And that's why I always look forward to Corpus Christi. But unfortunately, the normal Sunday, <clears throat> we're afraid that it'll take too long and people will be looking at their watches yes. <laughs> and going out with big, long faces. So uh, Corpus Christi, a beautiful celebration yes. from that regard. Thanks for that, for your thoughts there, Father Pat. Uh, Shane, would you like to offer us a few thoughts yourself, please? Yeah, um, I suppose it's, it's picking up on on the gospel from this Sunday. I suppose the readings the readings this Sunday are unusual readings. The the first reading is from Exodus, and it talks about um, Moses scattering the blood over the people. Then the second reading is taken from the letter to the Hebrews, and it's a very high what we call a high Christological. It's very you know it's it's very it can be very dense theologically for people to get their hand head around. In terms, and it puts this whole idea of Christ as the high priest, the you know as the sacrifice that saves us all. And then, of course, we have this account 
of the of the of the Last Supper taken from Mark's Gospel, and it's 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 kind of you're you're almost you say to yourself we're almost going backwards in time. We've just celebrated eight weeks of Easter or six weeks, seven weeks of Easter, but we're going back once again, I suppose, because it's that reminder to us that it's it's there for us always. Um, you know, it's I suppose it's 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 kind of a hard thing I suppose to say in one sense, but it's also kind of saying the obvious. Christ showed his love for us by shedding his life on the cross, shedding his blood on the cross. And, you know, in that act, you know, he he teaches us that, I suppose, that to love deeply um, is sacrificial. And anyone that's married or anyone that has children knows what that means, you know, in terms of what it means to, 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 to give up oneself for another person. And I suppose that's also what Eucharist is about, so I suppose, you know, reflecting on it this week, and I was trying to think, well, how, how would you cover it? And it's like, well, for someone that is in a, that it's, that's married or is in a, a, a long-term relationship or someone that has children, it, it, that's, what it, that's what Eucharist is almost like. You know, it, that sense of you do anything for the person that you love. And, but the other thing, I suppose, is that, you know, as, as Father Pat mentioned a couple of times, like the whole thing of Eucharist is it's not just just something that happened it's something that's still there and it's still available for us in 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 in, in because it's this, it's this new covenant but i suppose one of the things you know as you know when you look back to the old testament and you talk about covenants and sacrifice it was about giving something back to a higher power or to god but the beauty of corpus christi is god is giving something to us um he's giving us himself and that's i think what we need to remember you know um, it's and and for us to kind of try and get our head around that, and it's just to remember that you know this is this is this is this is um, this is my blood, the blood of the covenant, which is to be poured out for many, or you know this is my body, and for us to think about that, what does that actually mean? It is you know that's what Corpus Christi is about, and it's that gospel which encourages us to reflect on it um, this Sunday. Thanks for that, Shane. Just my own thought there uh, on the gospel there today. The line that got me actually was, where do you want us to go to make preparations to eat the Passover? I know what you're thinking, maybe our prayer today could be, Jesus, how do you want me to prepare to eat your body in Holy Communion at Mass today? Do we ever think of that? Do I ever prepare at all, or do I just enter the church and uh, go into automatic once the priest starts off Mass? Or do I actually do a little bit of preparation beforehand, realising that I'm that Jesus has given me his body? And so at Mass we have an opportunity maybe to say thanks uh, to Jesus. Forgiveness is body, so we can live forever in perfect happiness. And that's a huge um, uh, chance there for celebration, Father Pat, again. Just, just leaving people with that message again. We'd like to say just a few more thoughts there on that idea of being happy, a celebration, joy, that Jesus has given something so profound to me. Yes. And, and it's a nos celebration. And I think that is a huge step forward for, you know, people of a certain age that I can associate with. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for us, we were saving our souls and we we went into the church and we sat there and we did not make any connection with the people around us. 
Uh, and I think that's totally at variance with the whole, if you like, ethos of the of the new covenant, whereby it is us as a people. And uh, I would I would again kind of be very open to like who is beside us, like, and I wouldn't be very fussy about who it is mm-hmm. that sits beside me, um, you know, which way they voted or whatever, because the the covenant is made with all of us, the whole human race. And I would never, if you like, question anybody who came up to Holy Communion once they put their hand out, I gave them the Lord's body and uh, hopefully I would have the chalice there as well so that they could seal the covenant. But I, I think there's there's a, a need at the end to do what we used to do long ago. Uh, we didn't all go back home. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea in a lot of the, the English churches, there's always a cup of tea on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And so you meet the next door neighbours and you meet the people at the other side of the town mm-hmm. and you can inquire about their brother-in-law or whoever is in hospital and uh, mm. there's that sense of community yeah. because that is we are the body of Christ as Shane was saying there like the the the, the um, when you're talking about the incense the people of God are incensed and I think that's a beautiful part of of the ritual when there's a high mass and the incense is used but we don't always kind of of knit together as would be appropriate at the end of Mass. We used to kind of hang around a lot in the old days yeah. and you'd talk about the price of cattle or whatever, you know. But uh, that seems to be gone now and it's back into the car as soon as you can and off home. Turn on the radio and then something else comes up. That's it. <laughs> we have about a minute left, uh, Father Pat, before we finish off the programme. The title of your book is Why We Go to Mass. Yes. So there's people out there now this morning. Maybe we'd just like to hear that again. Why, why do you think we should go to Mass? Well, it is, if you like, uh, what married people sometimes do. They renew their marriage vows and they have a big celebration and they have another cake and they open a bottle of wine and whatever. And what we're doing then at Mass is... We are renewing that covenant whereby we are God's children. God loves us, dotes on us. And that sense that we have been adopted by God, what a wonderful, wonderful sense. And if you're, if we're talking about a sense of identity, well, that is the ultimate, isn't it? That we are God's children. And so we should come out with smiles on our faces, arms around each other and there should be loads of joy and happiness and singing and maybe a bit of dancing even. Yeah, what about that for a lovely piece of advice to end up the programme? Father Pat, thank you so much indeed for joining us today and sharing those beautiful thoughts with us. Thank Again, you. if people want the book, Why We Go to Mass, by Father Pat Siva and Hugh McMahon, the book can be obtained by Paul from Paul Flynn, and Paul is uh, can be contacted at copy that, Gail House. Henry Street, Limerick, or if you phone 061 3133 
0617 that's 061 313 if you didn't get that information maybe text ourselves 087 608 here on the program and I'll pass on the information for you so again Father Pat thanks a lot for joining us thank you very much thanks again Shane for joining us for the program alright Sam and as, okay. u- as usual, the Holy Spirit had something to do with this, but had a lot to do with this program, control of the program, because Father Pat keeps as kept on emphasizing to us all the time, we are one body. Yes. So the Holy Spirit, a few days ago, said, John, the piece of music you need to go out with today is entitled, We Are One Body. So this is from the Integrity Worship Singer. So until next week, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. That's the message this morning. God bless you all now. Bye.
sacred space.